When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host, Rich Fay. I'm delighted to be joined once again this week by Samuel Luckhurst. Hello and by Tyra Marshall. Good afternoon. I always call you Tyra Mings then. <laughs> not sure Not why Tony that's... Marshall. No. Yeah, I mean, I've been referred to by a different name in the paper, but not Tyrone Mings yet. Maybe well, that could be a new one this week. There's worse names you can be called, I suppose, but... Uh, Just about. I don't know where to go from that. Uh, <laughs> You two both had the uh, the pleasure of being at Carrington this morning on Friday morning. We're recording this Friday afternoon. Bruno Fernandes is not here yet. He's starting for Sport and Lisbon tonight, we're here. But uh, Samuel, main story today for United really is there's a new captain. Ashley Young's in Milan now, having his medical of Inter as we record this. And Harry Maguire is the new Manchester United captain full-time. Yes, yes. I think he's the quickest appointment um, as, as captain after he came to the club we were looking through the list of previous players and I think post-war he's the one to have got it the quickest since he actually signed uh, for United it is it is a logical move um, given where he plays his his leadership traits uh, I think he's led United pretty well this season I suppose the only element of surprise is that they haven't given it to a player who's been at the club longer but as you've seen in recent years just going to the player for the longevity has not has not worked. I think Rich Jolly had the stat today about how many appearances there have been between the last yeah. three captains and how, in terms of since they were made captain, how many times they played after it, and it's just barely into double figures or something like that because Valencia was a disaster. Carrick uh, had issues with his heart rate. Are you looking for the specific number now? I'll continue talking in that case. <laughs> uh, Flawlessly, this will be. Yes. So I, I, I'll, I'll try and keep on rambling on until you've, you've got the numbers Sadly, there. Sadly, the, uh, the internet in this room is uh, diabolical, but uh, we've got onto the, uh, onto the social media platform <coughs> that Richard Jolly operates on. And his profile's not coming up, so this is superb. Wasn't it Carrick, it Carrick five games, I think? I think Carrick was five Valencia, games. We've got, we've got 13, that. young nine or something like that. Well, I can tell you the exact stat once it loads. Here we go. Manchester United's last three club captains have made 32 appearances after being appointed club captain. Okay. Carrick, five. Valencia, nine. Young, 18. Brian Robson made more than 400. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah he's, he's great for a start, Rich. So jolly. In terms of the actual appointment, then, um, do you think it's good? I mean, Samuel said it has to go to someone not just on merit, but someone's going to be playing every week because I guess Ooh. that's been the issue. I mean, since Social came in, he said maybe that the armband's not got the same sort of authority that he used to have when he was playing certainly but it's a good move by United to, to give it to an actual active playing member of the squad I think so yeah I think it, it you know it, it needs to be an, an active player member and someone who's going to play every week in, in the biggest games I mean I think we probably it, it's a bit of an English fascination I think the captaincy I don't think in Europe they see it as such a big thing a lot of Italian clubs will just give it to the player with the most appearances or, or the oldest I think it's it's quite an English thing but it is still a very traditional thing and it does mean something in a dressing room of 25 players when some aren't happy they're not playing and, and things like that you need someone who can knit them all together who knows how to talk to different players when to put an arm around their shoulder and it helps having that one 
figurehead. And for two, I mean, you mentioned those three characters in Overwatch of his own, but the others have been pretty disastrous choices as United club captains. I think when Rashford was captain against City, it was the seventh different player to captain United in 32 games this season, which is just ridiculous to have had seven different captains in, in that period of time. And I mean, there's been no rhyme or reason to it. Maguire's tended to be captain. That game he wasn't playing, but when he's not played, De Gea's been captain. De Gea played that game, but Rashford was captain. So it has looked a little bit uncertain. And I mean, Solskjaer said that was a, a reward for Rashford and he certainly stepped up that night and made a good case that he should, he should perhaps be vice-captain and it's certainly a role he could inherit in the future. Um, Twan Zabi was captain against Rochdale. That was considered a, almost a test for him as he sees him as a future United captain. So you can see why he's done it, but I don't think it helps having seven different captains in, in the space of 32 games and giving it to someone who you know is going to be playing every week is is going to make a difference, I think. I guess, Samuel, on that aspect, there aren't many candidates in the first team now. Maybe De Gea, Rashford and Maguire are the only realistic mm. ones who could have got the armband anyway. Yeah, I think it's too soon for Rashford. And again, uh, time makes a, a salient point in terms of the fascination of the captaincy in this country. Um, you, you look at players like Casillas and, and Buffon who've had f- phenomenal careers and they were captains in, in their countries. I think when there was all that fuss about John Terry back in 2011-12 and whether he should be stripped of the captaincy or not, they should... At that point, England probably should have just kind of like accepted that it's not as significant as everyone is making out to be. And just at that point in time, again, because it sounds daft now, and just giving it to Joe Hart because he was a goalkeeper and you had the Casillas and the Buffon examples. And it would have been understandable if Solskjaer did that with De Gea, who said in the summer that he wanted the role. And it's, it's kind of... It's, kind of amusing of United who in, in that Solskjaer gave him the captaincy at the start of the season then he signed a new contract and he's hardly captained yeah. them since <laughs> do you think he, do you think De Gea hadn't signed a contract he'd be captain now I suspect he would have yeah yeah I, I that that must have been a tactic I don't I don't think it's, it's it seems a bit puerile in a way but it, it has some meaning to to players and obviously there is an element of pride in in assuming that role but it, Maguire is just the logical fit even though he's not been in the club very long at all and again you know I think they have been developing leaders there but there have been massive caveats and uh, McTominay okay he's been very good this season but he's been out recently and would he be a first teamer from going on from next season I think he probably still should be but there are going to be midfielders coming in you'd have thought who are going to put going to provide competition there uh, Rashford it is just too soon for and, and De Gea I don't think even though, even though he is he possibly sees himself as a leader in, in a certain way it's just not the right way I think certainly for what this United squad needs at the moment they do need an authoritative figure and Maguire's had a relatively unremarkable season but he does have some presence about him and I think it has it does help him as well that he, he played pretty well in a World Cup recently I think being a club captain as well is it, it's almost the more important element of stuff that we don't see rather than the stuff we do see it's not just on the pitch it's, it's that stuff at the training ground and knowing when to speak to other players and when players are disappointed and whether to take that message to the manager and, and things like that and just kind of bringing that squad together that's not something that the manager can do on his own he needs a captain that can speak to the different players and know when a player needs a word in his ear or know when a player needs to see the manager or things like that and it was noticeable this morning that Solskjaer went to say he'd been surprised by Maguire's kind of off-field leadership and then backtracked and said well not surprised 
which makes you think maybe he is a little bit surprised, but it, it, he's clearly you know, behind the scenes at Carrington in, in the way he conducts himself and his, his leadership qualities there. He's clearly impressed, which I think is a big part of why he's got the role. I guess while we're talking about Maguire's gain, it's a loss for United that Ashley Young is going. That's confirmed now by the club as well. And Samuel, Ashley Young, it's a difficult one to look at. He's a model pro, someone who's been played out of position for so long for United and has given us all for the club. But... Solskjaer, to be fair, he's got rid of some of the older members of the squad. He's looking to get a, a younger ethos around there. So from United's point of view, do you think it's good business or bad business? They, Solskjaer said today he'd like to have kept young for two more years if possible, but... Did he? <laughs> did he? No, I don't think he did. He said, he said, uh, weren't, he said we he said couldn't weren't offer him two prepared years. to offer a two-year contract. The, the, it's a valid... <laughs> you, you, I, I don't blame him there, because I thought he said we were, prefer, we were prepared to offer, but he definitely listening back he definitely said we weren't prepared to offer I think they offered him a one year deal which was understandable but it's an understandable piece of business in that they have got a fee for a player who's 34 and probably would have been released in the summer I think the throwaway gesture of offering him a one year contract was pretty futile because he'd already agreed terms with within some land by that point uh, he's, he's been a decent player for United and he is a he, he was uh, a, you know an extroverted character in the dressing room I think Roy Keane said a few years ago you, know, you can't underestimate the importance of who, who controls the music in, in the dressing room and, and Young was the, the dressing room DJ and I know it's a very very minor point and ultimately you've got to play extremely well consistently you're not judged on whether you're selecting I don't know Billy Eilish or Coldplay on your playlist that those are about as modern <laughs> I could see the panic in your um, face yeah I don't I, I'd only heard of Billy Eilish this week and I hope I'm pronouncing her name right purely because she's doing the new Bond Bond film uh, yeah I'm, I sound extremely out of touch at the moment but it, as I said he's been a decent player but it, it is an understandable piece of business and to be honest um the, the, the way he's conducts himself at the end hasn't has, has been slightly unedifying. It's not going to get as much coverage as Paul Pogba would, obviously. But I was told that on his last day at Carrington was actually on Monday when he cleared out his locker, and uh, he arrived in a taxi and he was hiding in the back and it was only when he poked his head and made himself visible through the window to the security on the barriers that they let him through which you wonder why are you, why are you doing that it's just such odd odd behaviour and in fairness to Solskjaer I know he was protecting him saying he wasn't available he was injured I mean they were, he was clearly fibbing there at that point you know throw the player under the bus you'll probably get more kudos of supporters if you're saying yeah this is the way he behaved so um, no, no need to act like that at the end, I don't think. But overall, for I mean, how long was he at United? Eight and a half years. Um, he, he's been a, a decent player, but he probably shouldn't have been allowed to play as long as he did for the club. Ty Solskjaer was asked about his plans post Ashley Young as well. He said he's got Luke Shaw, he's got Brandon Williams, he's got Timothy Fosimenter, Tim. he's got Diogo Dallo. He said fullbacks are an area that they're okay with at the moment. Of course, United have stopped their search actively for a new left back as well for the meantime. Uh, do you think United are well stocked in those fullback areas going forward? Do you think they've got enough? I think so, yeah. I think you'd say you'd want two left backs and two right backs, and in Wambasaka and Dallow and Shaw and Williams, they've probably got that at the moment. Obviously, there's long term question marks over Shaw. I think he's I was writing a piece here, and I think he's missed 116 games through injury now and played 119. and obviously 50 odd of those with a broken leg which is no fault of his own and was obviously a, a horrific injury which he's struggled to get over but it's still not a great record um, and I mean, it, 
to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if he played on Sunday and started on Sunday if he was fit. And Tosca clearly still rates him and, and wants him a part of his squad. Um, I think if you were to sell Shaw, you'd want to sign a replacement. But at the moment, with Shaw and Williams, I think you're okay with two. Dallo and Wambasaka. Dallo could play at left back. He mentioned Fosu Mensa today and his him playing right back for for Holland. Um, theoretically, which no one else remembers. <laughs> yeah, which was a long, which was when Holland were rubbish, unfortunately. Um, it was ages ago, wasn't it? Twenty seventeen, yeah. I think. So a while ago now. Yeah, it's almost as if as soon as Fosu Mensa came out of the Netherlands squad, that the Netherlands mm-hmm. became a they got really good again. again. <laughs> not great, not great timing. Um, but he's Fosu Mensa has been one of those players that. And this happens when teams are struggling that the longer you're out the the better player you become your stock actually goes up by not playing and Borfuk Jackson's still yeah well yeah not not that high at least he's not mentioned him either. yeah yeah. and I think Fosu Mensa's injury everyone's forgotten the difficulties he's had on loan and how bad he was I for mean, Fulham I said that Fosu Mensa was the toughest player he played against when City won the league with 100 points he was, he was good in that game yeah um, the New Year's Eve do you, do game wasn't was, it do you think there is enough ability from in folks to be able to turn these like, fortunes around or I think no. no I think he's up against it now I think he's only got six months left on his contract he's got an option but I think he'll have to do United will probably take the option I guess although it might depend on his performances between nothing to lose by taking the option now and the end of the season he's been mentioned as a midfield option as well there's also the shall we just fumigate the squad and get rid of he's he's literally not played for United in nearly three years he was I think he played reasonably well at Palace Uh, Palace fans quite liked him and as you say there was the standout performance against City Fulham was a bit of a disaster they were trying to get rid of him last year in January United didn't want to take him back uh, I think Huddersfield were interested in taking him on loan but he didn't want to go there and it was almost by accident that he played a few more games after the window closed because Ranieri got sacked and Scott Parker came in so I, I could understand if they triggered the one year option because they did it with Matteo Damien and there is some money to be made there but I mean the irony of the question I asked today like saying you know left back one left back's going um, the other left back is injured is that the two players he mentioned to provide cover are obviously right backs yeah. <laughs> and he even answered and I know and I know Dallow can play at left back and I think Fosu Mensa actually made his debut in the Rashford Arsenal game at left back as well when he came on Dallow played against Liverpool at left back didn't he in the Champions League for Porto yes he did yeah he kept a clean sheet so all eyes in a game where they were 5 nil up on aggregate yeah. or whatever it was Fosu Mensa's 22 now he time you'd say time is running out for him to when you've to got make it at United four years younger than him in the squad exactly much exactly he, you know I think he will get a chance between now and the end of the season because Solskjaer's mentioned him two or three weeks in a row now um, clearly likes him or thinks there's something there so I think inevitably he will get the chance whether it's in um, whether at fullback or I think possibly more likely in a defensive midfield role where United are really short at the moment he, he will get an opportunity but he's got I think he's got to take it if he if he doesn't then it's game over isn't it Field this weekend, Samuel Marcus Rashford as well was the uh, main talking point at the press conference today. And Solskjaer didn't sound too convinced that Rashford will be back. He said he's going to go through all the tests he can, they're going to give as much time as they can. Had Liverpool on Sunday, but gut instinct doesn't sound too good for Marcus, does it? It doesn't, but Solskjaer is uh, well, he fibs about 
uh, team news and, and injury updates. I think is the polite way of of putting about it. Depending on, I mean, as Ty said, when he 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 felt when Solskjaer was talking about him, he, his guess was that. Rashford would be fit on Sunday. There'll be some out there who think actually he sounds sincere. He, he won't be there. I think whether he is or whether he isn't, nobody should be surprised. Uh, it, it's do you, if it, go on. I was going to say United going to this game on was that everyone's expecting to lose. Hmm. Even if Rashford is half it, do you think it's not just worth just resting him or leaving him out altogether so we can have a weekend off? I don't think he's. I don't think he is worth risking but I think they would worth they would risk him purely because it's Liverpool away and Solskjaer knowing how clumsily he can phrase sentences it wouldn't I wouldn't put it past him to not play Rashford and then to come out afterwards and say he could have played today but we've decided not to and then obviously they all all the fans on Twitter are saying why the hell didn't you play the guy who's got 19 goals this season but we've already seen the, the risk um, United players... Sorry, not the risk. Uh, what's happened when United have made players play on injured. Uh, I, however much it aggravated Rashford's injury in the week, I don't think... It, no, nobody knows, but certainly with McTominay, it was the second or the third minute that he did that injury against uh, Matty Longstaff and in the Newcastle game, Boxing Day, and then he didn't come off until half-time leaves the ground on crutches and he's out for two months um, there's also that concern on Wednesday when Maguire went down early on wasn't there yeah the goal. Phil Jones was was warming up immediately and they, there must have been Maguire must have been carrying something for them to immediately say warm up because sometimes players go down to mm. get treatment but the player doesn't warm up straight away that sometimes they just go straight down from the bench and they're told you're coming on but that suggested that I mean Maguire said it himself with his Norwich, hip injury I thought two games in that quick succession was quite a risk because he's just come back from injury yeah it's, it, um, unfortunately it's needs must and it's the same with you know, talk of a back three which worked to an extent against Liverpool in October but the flip side of that is that the last time they played a back three was at Sheffield United, which was just a fiasco. And the third defender at, at the moment with, with Lindelof and Maguire would be Phil Jones. And there's absolutely no way he should be playing. Who, oh, I guess we're coming to it in the Liverpool preview. I was going to ask, if you, you do go three at the back, who, who are your two midfielders at the moment? I mean, Matter and Matic are the two most informed, but you wouldn't put them as a pairing, would you? Fred. Fred and Matic. It'd have to be, wouldn't it? Because Fred and Pereira doesn't work. Fred and Matic, you think, is better than... I think it. There's, there's no choice there. I mean, I've obviously come out with this left-field suggestion that Wan-Bissaka should be the third centre-back with James as the right wing-back, which I don't think is illogical at all, but I've been told by many on the desk today that it very much is illogical. Well, <laughs> we'll see. It's a game of opinions. <laughs> if Guardiola did it, it would be genius, wouldn't it? So, who knows? Yeah. Uh, Tyrone... You know what the fans have all been asking? Where is Bruno? Announce Bruno. Friday, we were promised by some Portuguese outlets he'd be signing on Monday. No Bruno Fernandes. What a surprise. <laughs> where's Bruno? Hashtag where's Bruno? The saga keeps on going. He's with Sporting your, Lisbon, isn't he? In Lisbon. Yeah. What does your gut instinct tell you about Bruno Fernandes this, this January transfer window? Um, my gut, gut instinct says I think it'll probably happen. Um, probably after this weekend when he plays plays in their big game tonight he's I think Sporting have put on Twitter their, their squad for it and he's, he's in their squad tonight so he's going to play we'll obviously have a better indication of whether he A whether he does play in that game which we all expect him to and then B what the manager says afterwards 
and whether he does any emotional farewells again will probably give a better indication but I would sway towards it happening but it's been a bit of a strange one all round I think considering United were so eager not to be used in the summer with links around him and said it was all coming from Portugal and to now be chasing him I mean his record in Portugal is fantastic his stats are amazing but I don't know just, I just get this in Portugal, in Portugal. <laughs> just something doesn't quite add up they're the reigning Nations League and European Championship they are yes. and he's, <laughs> he has played quite well for Portugal internationally as well um, he was available in the summer for 60 odd million quid which is pretty good money for a, you know, a decent price for a midfielder with that record My he was linked with half of Europe but none of Europe's major scouts seem to suggest their team signed him in the summer which just makes me think what 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 are they seeing that perhaps we're we're not when we just see the odd game in his YouTube compilation compilation of long range screamers yeah that's my concern the fact that why have Wolves not gone for him <laughs> well he's he's not he's, he's not, not George Mendes no client, no but no. every Mendes you know, touch base Moutinho and Nevers must surely be above him in there how, how they view him uh, how how, how Wolves view him who Bruno Fernandes yeah. um, surely if they've got Moutinho and Neves it's a lot of money for Wolves I would say like 50-60 million but would, they've got a, but would he be a lot of money for Wolves or is it just M- Moutinho Moutinho cost a ridiculously low fee yeah. wasn't he yeah. I know he was in he, he, he was Final. in his 30s when he joined yeah. Wolves but he, he'd still get United's team and this is nearly eight years on from when they were you know, last looking at, at signing him um, again I mean Ty's covered it. I think you should legitimately be sceptical about a player who is not not generating as much interest as they possibly should be um, for his stats. But maybe it's because a little bit like Maguire, who who City were keen on, um, the fee is is at a, is a, within a region that most clubs think he's just not worth it. Whereas United think, well, maybe he is worth it. But the fact of the matter is, five months ago. Uh, four months ago um, United were irritated by the Fernandes speculation it was mainly speculation in the summer and those at the very very top when it comes to uh, making uh, decisions on transfers were likening it to Nico Gaitan and not enough has changed for United to change their opinion I mean they're entitled they are entitled to change their opinion which they clearly have done but I don't think Pogba's and injury or McTominay's injury changes things that much in the summer United did need another forward and they did need another midfielder and it just so happens that yeah, Fernandez is still up for sale again and I suspect because it is it's the January transfer window and United are looking you know pretty dicey to say the least in terms of what they might go on to achieve this season that they feel as though this is a player who is, is worth a punt now but again he's, he's, he's operating in a league where there's no pressure on him sporting as I think I said this last podcast but they're 16 points off Benfica if, it'll be 19 if Benfica beat them this evening and it's all well and good James Madison I think with Leicester they're 16 points adrift of Liverpool whatever it is but Madison has played in the Premier League for two seasons now and this Liverpool side's the best in Europe yeah Benfica aren't the best no no and and They've, they've got to compartmentalise it. They can't be... Uh, I wouldn't put it past them, but if they were to sign Bruno Fernandes, who can play as an attacking midfielder or as a number 10, they can't just say, right, we're not getting Madison or we're not getting Grealish. You've got to have 
two of the same because I think the argument is there that they need two midfielders and if Fernandes is one of them fair enough but if they're buying him to occupy two roles then I think that's the wrong way of going about it. And you're also building him up far too much. You've seen much better players arrive at United and fall to pieces than Bruno Fernandes. I guess my other question on Fernandes, Samuel, is if Pogba and McTominay were both fit, do you think they would have moved from this month? No. No way. Which again, to me, is a huge warning sign. Yeah. The fact And I think and I think that's partly why they were reluctant to go for him in the summer in that if they'd signed Fernandez, Real Madrid have then got the leverage to really crank up the pressure on Pogba and Pogba's got the leverage to say, look, you've got your replacement in for me, let me go. Um, it's easier done now because Pogba's injured and he's not going to play until mid-February at the earliest. And frankly, I mean, as, as, as I said to you the other day, um, with Sky Germany's line I mean the huge but true award for them deciding that Pogba could go in the summer uh, goes to them for this month because it's not as if anybody else has been saying that Pogba could leave in the summer <coughs> and that Real Madrid and Juventus are interested I mean yeah he, we've been saying for quite some time you could do a story on that a week you could yeah you could have done a story on that um, when the transfer window closed in August but United have got to get rid of him in the summer and if they can that, that succession plan has kind of already started with Fred and McTominay establishing themselves but those two have got glaring limitations and they do need a ready-made replacement for Pogba and I guess Fernandez is a, a is at a quite a good age in that he's 25 but he is coming from Portugal and there's no guarantee whatsoever that he's he's going to go into that United side and you know set the world alight could be Ronaldo could be Groho who knows on yes. Fernandes but I guess the other interesting thing about Fernandes is reports in Portugal suggest he could be at Anfield on Sunday when United do take mm. on Liverpool how do you see that game going Tyrone Liverpool away I mean I've spoken to some Liverpool fans I know and they say that you know they've not the one team they've not beaten the league season is United mm. United played better when they've got big name emissions they played better when everything's maybe the world's against them they can mm. counter-attack but surely surely this United can't be the ones to beat Liverpool it would be a surprise but then I don't think many of us gave United a chance going to the Etihad back in December and they won and deserved to win and could have won more handsomely if they'd have taken their chances in the first half hour I would say one of the differences there is I wouldn't expect Liverpool to be as naive as City were that day. Everyone knows United's biggest threat. Why United are so good in these games against big sides normally is that they get more room to counter-attack into because these teams have a go at them and they're excellent on the counter-attack. You would think Liverpool wouldn't, you know, from what we've seen at Liverpool this year, they can dog it out as well as play good football. So you'd think they wouldn't give United as much room to play on the counter in. But... These games do suit United. Solskjaer seems to think that United have a good way of playing against Liverpool. Obviously, they've had the two draws at, at Old Trafford. The only team to stop them winning this season, and they were five minutes away from winning that game as well, United. So, it, it will be interesting. I mean, it will be... You'd be surprised if they got anything, but at the same time, you certainly wouldn't rule it out. It, it will be interesting to see how they, how they set up, because they got joy with that system that he played at, at Old Trafford. And I think the key to that was not just the back three, but using... James and Rashford in sort of really wide striker positions and that stopped Alexander-Arnold and Robertson from going forward and we know they're Liverpool's most creative players because the midfield doesn't offer a great deal so if you can if you can find a way of pinning those two back again then it might it might give United a chance 
Some of you have already hinted three five two might be the way. It, I guess tell us more about that. So Daniel James is a, a wing back, <laughs> which I, I do now. More, the more you discuss it and you think about who could be missing for United, it does make sense to. I, to I go just for that. I just think that probably just on the actual skill of defending, Wambasaka is United's best defender, and if you're to play three defenders, three centre halves. Um, he's a better alternative to Phil Jones who should just never play for United again Rojo's out of the reckoning um, I mean the possibility he could go this month um, so what would your line be for Anfield uh, De Gea Wambasaka, Maguire Lindelof Williams James Matic Fred Mata Rashford Marshall if Rashford is fit but I don't for one minute think that's actually going to be the team. The, the argument with James is that you've got someone who can run at Robertson and run with him in that James, although he's been off form for a month now, is, is quite disciplined in that he can get up and down and he can muck him defensively. And at least he'd have someone like Wan-Bissaka there for cover. Um, the, the, there's, there are caveats galore, however way you look at, however United are going to link... Um, line up this week and I mean Matt's as an example in that he's certainly in the last two games he's been United's best player but you wouldn't be surprised if he didn't start at Anfield because it is not a game that is conducive to his strengths it's all very well performing against Norwich who are the worst team in the league or Wolves in a FA Cup replay that nobody wants to be involved in but then you're coming up against the the best team certainly in England uh, possibly Europe well, I mean European champions world champions there's a chance he could come thumping back down to earth in that game and as illogical as it sounds because he's an inferior footballer there's possibly more sense in playing Pereira as a number 10 which sounds daft but he's he's got the energy to put pressure on Henderson to press things like that it, he, he would literally be selected for what he does off the ball it's almost like Solskjaer would say I do not care if you do not even touch the ball in this game just make sure you press them and make them you know force errors uh, United have to think quite pragmatically about that because they are that inferior uh, to Liverpool so as I said I, there are so many combinations and ways of looking at it that I suspect that because Solskjaer said we found a way of playing against them which is a dubious statement in that he he chose two different formations in those two games at Old Trafford last year but when it comes to Sunday it it wouldn't surprise me if there is a back three or there is some kind of innovative formation that he does go with the the caveat with the split striker strategy was that um, is, is that James is out of form and Okay, if if Rashford's fit, do you drop one of Rashford or Marshall? Uh, Rashford's certainly not going to be dropped. I don't think Marshall would be either. I suppose, you know, just just adding on that is that I think when Liverpool came to Old Trafford, Rashford had been out of form for United. He hadn't been playing well, but even then, he'd got back into the England team in the midweek, and it was that game in Bulgaria, I think it was, where. It was, a, it was a goalkeeper error, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. Was it one yeah. cut inside? He cut inside, but the keeper, <clears throat> the keeper should have saved it. Definitely. Um, Harsh. <laughs> no, he definitely should I, have saved. I, I've not seen seen it from a reverse angle. I don't think I saw the goal actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but at least he he was in form at that point, yeah. albeit on the back of one game. Um, I don't think James at Anfield in a split striker. Role, I don't think Do that think would work this time. Van Dyke would be well. That I, that's why I would start him. In that you've got that option yeah. of 
getting it, having him get at Van Dijk or get at Robertson somewhere or another. But there were just, as I said, there were, there were caveats and however well United line up. And unfortunately for Solskjaer, I feel a bit, a bit sorry for him in a way in that when they lose, when, if they lose, people are going to say, why does he play him or why did he yeah. play him there? But it, it's such a much for muchness in certain areas. I wouldn't be surprised for Lingard starts on yeah. Sunday and he has absolutely no right in starting. But again, like Pereira, he's a player who does his best work off the ball and if he's pressing he he's possibly serving a purpose or Liverpool are just completely overwhelming him and he's a passenger and he needs to be taken off at half time again Tyrone final question for you what's your prediction Sunday oh thanks thanks for that one um, let's go maybe another 1-1 one, one. Okay. Samuel I think Liverpool win 2-1 okay just like that we will be back next week to see just how it goes Samuel Ty thank you very much for joining us this week on the Manchester Red Podcast please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already and we'll be back again next time